girls, gays, theys, how the fuck are we? How are we doing? It's Wednesday, the day before this is supposed to come out. I have a terrible habit of recording, editing, and putting, uploading this on my RSS feed, like literally the night before it's supposed to come out, but I think it's because I'm literally working a full-time fucking job. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm doing that and I'm also like trying to make friends in a new city where I only know like one person so you know this is where we're at right now I apologize I'm gonna do better with that being said though I'm so happy you joined me for another episode of film with CJ my name is CJ my pronouns are they them as always this week I was kind of debating on whether or not I wanted to do this movie or I wanted to do another movie I had seen um, earlier this week. But the this movie that I want to do for this episode, The Northman, I want to kind of put this out there as soon as possible because I did see it last night and I feel like there was so much hype around this movie like every time I went to the theater I saw a preview like every time I went to the theater for maybe the last two months I saw a preview for this movie and I saw it last night I saw it in theaters and I have some thoughts as I always do as you can tell from the title I'm reviewing The Northman for this week The Northman stars Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, Bjork, um, and Nicole Kidman, William Defoe, Ethan Hawke, these are all kind of the big names, and Bill Skarsgård, but I'm not sure where Bill, Skars- Bill Skarsgård comes in. He is most famous for playing the Pennywise clown in It. I don't know where he was in this movie, I'll be honest. And... Even when I'm looking at the cast, like, they don't even name what character he played. So I wonder if he was, like, doing some voices in the background because I swear to you, he was not visually in this movie. The Northman takes place in about 800-ish AD. Um, and it's a story of revenge, very classic theme um, in, you know, action movies. Um, and I feel that theme will never go away. It'll always be recycled in cinematic history for forever and ever um but i and this is not me giving spoilers because this this is very clearly shown in any trailer for the northmen but young prince sees his father the king being murdered by his brother the king's brother and it's a story of revenge for the prince who spends like his entire life from then on getting stronger to be able to enact revenge on his uncle and what he learns along the way. One thing I will say about Alexander Skarsgård, the main guy in this movie, he got absolutely fucking ripped, fucking jacked. This man was a giant in this movie and I don't even know if it was like some special effects or whatnot if that was actually his body but like he literally looked gigantic around everyone else in the movie and I know like he was supposed to be that way but I'm still stunned on the lengths he potentially went to for this role like he was 
in absolutely immaculate shape and like not like a runner's body but like bro like football player I don't I don't even know if that's you know the correct term because some football players like they're big but they're not muscly but in this movie he was big and he was toned and he was fucking ripped and like normally when I see naked men I'm like "Mm, I'd rather not like no thanks this movie wasn't that bad was not that bad in fact you know I'm not gonna say it was pleasant but like I did not at all feel the urge to look away I'm just gonna say that and honestly it wasn't just him in the movie that was jacked it was like literally every male character with the exception of the king was just absolutely fucking ripped bro I think this story, even though the theme of revenge is very common in movies and even more common in male-dominated movies, I think this, I think the script did not do this movie as much justice as it could have. I, in within another thing, which I will, I will get into, you know, after I finish talking about the script, but I, there were a lot of moments where I was like, this is low-key like very corny this is very corny and like even though I know it's taking place in 800 AD if you're going to I don't know like if you if you're going to tell a story that already has a recycled theme I think you should try and go you know above and beyond to have good writers to make it seem a little bit more nuanced than just a simple revenge story and I feel like there were moments that the script was very predictable and it didn't really elevate the story as much as I feel like it could have because now I'm already seeing a recycled theme and I'm bored by what the characters are saying because we've seen it all before. Another thing too is that this movie heavily relies on a lot of witchery and witchcraft and visions and um kind of like not traditional western ideals and which you know it's it's totally fine and great and dandy but in addition to that the way that those that witchcraft um and those kind of like spells and chants and things like that are portrayed in this movie through special effects and not particularly good special effects so I mean on top of the fact that you have like a recycled theme you have some corny parts of the script you have some not so great special effects I feel like those things together really can take away a lot from a movie and in some regards I feel like there's not really an excuse for that because we know who the good writers are we know what good special effects entails and I'm not saying you have to you know spend the extra money or spend a lot more money to have a good movie but I genuinely do feel that the special effects in this movie for you know the witchcraft and the visions and all that stuff I genuinely feel like they weren't needed and I do feel like they just made the movie seem a little kitschy um, and so if, if it was a budget issue, I would have just voted to cut that shit out entirely. 
Because it doesn't sell me on, like, the realness of the movie. And, I, in fact, I think it takes away from it. And as far as the writing goes, you know, I, sometimes people who are making the, the, you know, executive decisions do think that the writing is good when in reality it's not. And I don't know if this is part of, uh, you know, the process in releasing a movie, but I do feel like there should be like a read through of the script in front of a diverse audience before we decide if the script is good or not because if I was sitting there I would have been like nor nah like in a few instances you can just feel like this is like kind of boring and weird and like not believable maybe it's just me I don't know no it's not me it's not me there were some aspects of this movie that reminded me of Midsommar where the it's it can it's pretty graphic at some points and like it doesn't cut away really um and then also coupling that with like beautiful scenery um and like nice good camera work um and those things together I feel like were really prevalent in Midsommar was like trying to juxtapose 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 you know what I'm trying to say juxtapose I don't fucking know the word the juxtaposition between the beautiful scenery um and like the atrocities and the horrible things that are going on um you know within the same movie is is a very common thing um that was seen in Midsommar and you kind of get that same feel in the Northmen I also thought that Nicole Kidman did not, I don't know, I, maybe I just don't like Nicole Kidman as an actress, but I felt like she was trying too hard in this movie. Um, like, the way that she was enunciating her words was, like, very, very, um, very strong, like, overly strong, and maybe that's just, like, that was the essence of her character as being, um, well, like, I'm not gonna say I'm not going to say <laughs> the role that her character plays in the movie because that'll give away a lot of the plot. But considering everything that happened with her character in the movie, maybe that was like what how she, how she how Nicole Kidman interpreted her character would be to say those words. I think the best way I can explain it is like, you know, when you see a play and like the actors have to have very over exaggerated expressions and like ways that they move their body because the reality is that like there's like we're not in the audience you're not so close up to the actors to where you could see like every little thing so everything the actors have to do has to be exaggerated so they can make sure everyone in the audience can see exactly how they're feeling and like what's going on I felt like Nicole Kimmon was giving a play performance but in a movie where we have you know very expensive technology to where we can zoom and like Nothing is out of scope for us as an audience member. Like we can literally see everything that the camp that's being put into the camera. So we don't have to necessarily have a super exaggerated expression and like diction and like way of moving our body. And I just felt like Nicole Kidman was like doing that kind of to the extreme where I was like, she stands out and not in a good way. 
I also feel like this is one of those movies that you kind of just have to roll with because it does heavily depend on, again, that witchery, those those visions, those, you know, um, what are they called? Those people that, like, are spiritual and just can, like, tell you the future and, like, your fate and things like that. Um, I feel like this movie heavily relies on that. And if you are not someone really believes in that kind of thing it's just like something that you really have to go along with for the movie i know that this is something that was a lot more prevalent um you know further back in history than it is today but i personally i do think that some of the story gets lost in that because like they don't there were some parts where i just didn't feel like they took the liberty to really explain things other than that it was just like magical spiritual shit and I don't like that I don't like that um you know I don't know like there's a scene where like the main character is like um you know talking to an oracle he's like I'm you know here to find the weapon that I'll use for my revenge and Basically, the oracle is like, yeah, dig a hole through the earth and you'll be confronted with your, like, the perfect weapon to use for your revenge. And first of all, he digs a hole into the earth. It leads into this fucking cave cavern thing. Um, And somehow the earth that he dug into was, like, hollow after you know, three feet of digging. So like he dug like literally into a hill and like somehow the dirt just gave way three feet deeper into this cavern. And like he he finds the sword. It's like being held by like some ancient mummy. Um, And he's like fighting the fucking mummy, doing all this to get the sword, defeats the mummy. And then the movie like pans back to when he first first saw the the mummy like five minutes ago and you realize that none of that shit happened and that it was just like his spirit fighting the mummy the mummy spirit bro come on now you know what i mean like it's just like you lose some of the story when you do some shit like that and you're forcing the audience to have to go along with that type of thing because i like it just like <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just the fact that he was literally like, "Where's where's the weapon that I'm gonna use for my revenge?" And the rogue was like, "Dig a hole, you'll find it." Huh? It just felt like the main character was very easily given all his tools and the things that he needed to enact his revenge without very much thinking so yeah you know I I have more things that I didn't like about this movie than I did like I also thought the wig on the main character was not that good it was not a good wig it was not a good wig like it was a wig where like there was no scalp showing if anyone's familiar with wigs at all like I don't wear wigs but like I have been around enough wigs to know and you would think someone in hair and makeup would also know 
But this wig they gave him to make him look like a Viking, you like could not see the scalp. There was no like mesh to make it look believable as like his real hair. Disappointing. Okay, review time. We've got seven at seven point nine out of ten on IMDb, eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, two point eight out of five stars on Google reviews. That is surprising. We have not had, you know, a particularly bad slash okay review from the Google users. Okay, let's see what they're saying. Person said, "I just read someone's review that dubbed this a masterpiece." Um, not. I hate to say I'm disappointed, but disappointed I am. Best performance goes to Nicole Kidman, hands down. At one point, I thought someone else stepped into her character, which I guess goes into embodying a character. Skarsgård was so buff, I didn't realize it was him, and while this is a tale of the marauding Vikings and mythic gods, I couldn't help noticing, regardless of the era-accurate dirt and grime that coated everyone but Anya, that everyone had strapping, healthy, beautiful bodies and extraordinary teeth. Okay, Norse gods and Vikings aside, in 895 to 900 AD when the tale is set, in terms of nutrition, there wasn't much available that would support such such exquisite specimens, not to mention no steroids or workout equipment, well, except for the first scene's rowing machine, and no health supplements. It wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen, but it didn't prompt me to want to walk out. But I couldn't watch it again, not unless I could channel the Mystery Science Theater's critics and comment audibly about what's wrong with, say, the anthropology and pottery barn blankets Olga was neatly folding, neatly folded in her arms to drape around she and Amoth, Amleth. The machine stitching in the blankets weave was glaringly anachronistic, but paled in comparison to a witch with braces. The production's chapters will conveniently time out for episodic delivery or commercials for the TV and streaming versions. If I had known in advance of the star-studded cast led by Ethan Hawke, Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy, and Alexander Skarsgård, I might have been more disappointed, but I went into the Northman completely ignorant of its cast. I guess the inaccuracies of myth and legend, not to mention historical references, contributed to my overall disappointment in the movie. But flaws there were many, scenes that were too long where no dialogue or actual action was taking place, for instance. Was I supposed to find Amless physique so breathtaking as to need that much time watching him walk? The musical score was truly helpful to the tale and its progression, its purposefully discordant and swelling strings, derigadoo and bagpipes skillfully integrated such that they melded together harmoniously, and and none were individually featured front and center. Too bad the music's integrity can't be said to weave through plot, story arc, or production. Some nice effects, well-executed decapitations without dwelling, and somehow the Northmen managed to be both gory without being exploitative or contrived. I think I'm not really sure about that either, but I stood, but it stood out beside the failures as a success, so maybe I'm dead wrong on that count. Beautiful countryside, that's for certain. Well shot for the most part, though overly dark and often difficult to bring into focus. While I can't recommend not seeing it, there's not a great deal to miss except the doe-eyed and ever-engaging gaze of Anya Taylor-Joy. Just ignore her bad accent. I love when the history buffs come to leave a review. I truly do. Because these are the things that I wouldn't necessarily pick up. I did notice how everyone seemed to be dirty except Anya Taylor-Joy's character, Olga. And her character in 
um, Alexander Skarsgård char- characters had beautiful teeth, like white as fuck teeth. And like everyone else had nasty smoker teeth, <laughs> um, which is like, are y'all the only two that have dental care? I'm, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> like y'all are supposed to be slaves. I'm confused. Um, and I, I did think that Anya Taylor-Joy's character, like, the accent was, like, weird. Like, it didn't fit at all, because, like, none of the other characters really had accents like that. Even, like, she plays a slave, and, like, none of the other characters who were slaves had that same accent. And I also felt like it was vaguely Russian, and that's not where the story takes place. So I'm not sure why she chose to go in that direction and why everyone else was okay with it. But it is true what this person is saying is that there are a lot of scenes where like literally nothing happens and you're just like watching him go around <laughs> um, in barren Iceland. And for a movie that's two hours and 17 minutes long, which is not that long of a movie, it feels so long like closer to three hours um because there's just so much time in my opinion where like nothing is happening um so I was adjusting myself in my seat probably at like the one hour 45 minute mark uh maybe even the one and a half hour mark because I don't know it just felt like a really fucking long movie this person said this movie is one of the greatest I've seen in a long time. The battles, the magic, the scenery, the story, etc. Everything in this movie is completely and utterly amazing. The only thing that would be said is that this is not a movie you would want to watch with a small child or grown-up baby that can't handle the movie. This movie is amazing in every aspect. I'm so glad I watched this movie. I don't think people can come up with any dislikeful moments. There's not one moment throughout the whole story where one could say that they were bored or sleepy. Thanks for reading this review. This is definitely a movie to watch in a Dolby theater because the sound on this movie and atmosphere is um, is incredible. P.S. These people leaving bad reviews are actually out of their minds. It's so funny that these haters have to come up with bad lies just to get attention. You cannot judge this movie based on a review. It's something you have to watch and determine yourself. Although 9.99 times out of 10, I'm sure you'll like it. This is a very strange review that was very clearly written by a man. Like, why are we, why are we labeling people who are critical of a movie as a hater? What? What? Okay, but I do feel like, you know, I don't know, to each, to each their own. I feel like this, this movie probably struck a chord with the male audience, and so, like, they probably want to see themselves in the main character of this film they want his body they think he's attractive and so they come out of this movie idolizing the character and I feel like they're seeing you know other people say that they have some qualms or are critical of this movie and its accuracy and feel like they are being attacked but it's not that serious I promise you it's not that serious um get help like what if anything does someone get from posting a review on google 
being critical of a movie. Like, (laughs) why would I go onto Google and leave a review where I'm just genuinely expressing my thoughts that, you know, aren't racist, aren't offensive, aren't anything about a movie, about its historical accuracy. And here comes some guy saying that I'm just making it all up so I can get attention. Attention on what? Google reviews? Attention on that? You think I'm looking for attention on Google reviews? Overall, I just felt like this movie left a lot to be desired. I don't really understand the hype. I think they probably knew when they were making this movie that it was genuinely or generally going to attract a male-dominated... Why can't I speak today? I feel like they knew when they made this movie that it was going to attract a male-dominated audience and that most men who would want to see this movie would be willing to overlook a lot of the accuracy and logistical aspects that may or may not have been, you know, the most accurate. Um, but for me, I, I don't know. It, it just wasn't it for me. Um, this is a movie that I would recommend you wait for it to come out on streaming. I don't think it's worth a movie ticket price. Um, and at least with when you, when you see it on streaming, you can just turn that shit off if you don't like it. Um, I'm gonna give it a 5 out of 10. Um, I just think it could have been better. I do. I think there, you know, that's, that theme of revenge. You're already starting off on a, not the wrong foot, but like a, you're, you're, you're coming into the ring doing a move that everyone has seen before already. So you really need to take that into consideration and do something different or go above and beyond. And I don't feel like this movie did either of those things. Um, so I'm going to stick with my five out of 10. I don't want to see, I don't want to see a sequel. I don't want to, none of that. I can say I do understand why Shakespeare took this tale, this story, as inspiration for his Hamlet play. That I can, that I can see. There's a lot to be. There's a lot of material. There's a lot of inspiration there. Um, but the I, you know, I didn't like it. I'm going to say it. I didn't like it. I was disappointed. Um... It was, you know, a lot more intense than I thought it was going to be. So that was a nice surprise. But overall, not for me. Next week's episode is going to be about a horror movie. I'm going back to my roots. The horror, the thriller genre. It's going to be a movie that is on streaming services. So watch out for that. I'm putting it together as you know I always do. So I'll see you on my film heads next Thursday.